Good evening. David Berkowitz, 24 years old, a postal worker, walked out of his Yonkers apartment last night, turned the ignition key in his car, and found himself surrounded by police. Well, he said, you got me. Police say those words ended the biggest manhunt in New York City history with the capture of Son of Sam. After more than 13 months of following thousands of leads down endless blind alleys, the detectives of the Brooklyn Omega Squad, part of that 300-cop 44-killer manhunt, captured the man they say is Son of Sam. The ice-cold trail heated up suddenly during the past week. A Brooklyn woman who saw a car parked illegally and occupied by a strange-looking man moments before she heard the shots of the last Son of Sam attack finally contacted police. Police transported David Berkowitz from headquarters to Brooklyn Central Booking. After my sources say he confessed to being the 44 killer. After he told them he was a killing machine, ordered by a voice speaking through a neighbor's dog to carry out his bloody outrages against young pretty women. In general, his neighbors describe him as basically nice, quiet, kept to himself, perhaps a little strange, perhaps a little moody. Son of Sam killed six and wounded seven. How many people do you know, your neighbors, people who might fit that description? Nice, quiet, a little moody, kept to himself. We'll be talking about the serial killer, David Berkowitz, today on The Truth Must Be Told. Oh, stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. Okay? When in doubt, tell the truth. Edward, I tried to tell the truth, and it kicked me off the air. You can't handle the truth! And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts, here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. And welcome to the podcast today, and thank you for tuning in. We do appreciate you being here. Uh, today is, uh, it's a Friday, actually. We're getting a little head start on the weekend here. Uh, but I'm so glad that you're here and that you're joining the program. Thank you for all of those who have hit the like button and subscribed. I uh, just want to remind all of you, just make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any of the great stuff that's going on here. And we're, uh, you know, don't forget to hit that bell so you get the notifications. Uh, it's very important uh, that we, today's society and what's happening in the world today, that we get the word out. It's, what can I say? It's important. Uh, also let you know that in case for some reason I get booted off of here, uh, you can uh, find me, spassos1 on rumble.com. That's spassos1 on rumble.com. And we're, uh, we're looking forward. Uh, subscriptions are growing there. And uh, we're also on different, uh, if you, uh, different uh, Spotify and a few other places where we're out there. And uh, don't forget to tune in if you uh, 
Don't want to miss a single exciting episode because we have so much stuff going on. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about David Richard Berkowitz. All right, and uh, he was born David Falco in 1953, June 1st, 1953. He's also known as the son of Sam and the 44 caliber, caliber killer. Uh, he's an American serial killer who uh, pled guilty to eight shootings that began in New York City on July 29th in 1976. Berkowitz grew up in New York City and served in the United States Army using a 44 special caliber bulldog revolver that was made by uh, 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 arms company out in uh, in Connecticut. He killed six people and wounded seven others by and by July of 1977, and he was terrorizing New Yorkers. Berkowitz eluded the biggest police manhunt in the city's history while leaving letters that mocked the police and promised further crimes, which were highly publicized by the press. Berkowitz was arrested on August 10th of 1977 and subsequently indicted for eight shootings. He confessed to all of them and initially claimed to have been obeying the orders of a demon uh, manifested in the form of a black dog belonging to his neighbor, Sam. After being found mentally competent to stand trial, he pled guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences in the state prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years. He was subsequently admitted he subsequently admitted that the dog and devil story was a hoax. In police investigations, Berkowitz was also implicated in many unsolved arsons around the city. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, I grew up in New York, in Queens, in fact. And I remember that during this time, I, I just graduated high school, and I was hearing about this man through the news because I was living in Connecticut at the time, but it impacted me because, you know, I was from Queens and from New York, and this guy was hitting Queens and Brooklyn. And, and uh, when he was caught, the city was relieved, and I remember my family, uh, they were happy as... And always at the time, they called down curses upon him. Hey, rotten hell and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, almost 43 years later, I'm reminded of the son of Sam killer. And I'm amazed how little coverage this man gets in the Christian press and how fewer, and how, excuse me, how few secular news stations are talking about him. Now, the reason, in 1987, after 10 years of imprisonment, David Berkowitz gave his life to Jesus Christ. And uh, here's a little bit of David's testimony. I think you'll enjoy it. David? Yes. God bless you. Praise see, the Lord. Okay, see, now you're saying that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I've seen you in news pieces. Yeah. And I saw a strange smile on your face then. I wondered what it was. Now you're sitting here, we're talking, yeah. and you're saying, praise the Lord. No. Yes, that's right, because let me tell you, God has been so good to me. One night I was walking the prison yard, and another inmate came up to me and introduced himself and says, listen, uh, I know you're David Berkowitz, and I want to tell you something. He says, I want you to know that, that Jesus Christ loves you, and he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And I says, listen, uh, I don't want to hear that because, uh, you know, I've done too many evil things and there's no forgiveness for me. Maybe there's a God out there someplace, but I don't think he has any interest 
in, in me at all. He says, no, you're wrong. David, God has sent me here to this prison just to tell you that he loves you and he can forgive you. And he says, I'd like to be your friend. He says, Dave, why don't you take this Bible and start reading it? He says, I know that you're Jewish, so maybe you should start reading in the Psalms because the Psalms were here. And I started to read on my bunk, and I got to the point where it says that this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And right there, something, something began to, to happen inside me. I just started to cry and cry as I stood on my bunk, and I shut my light off so that nobody would see me, and I just laid there. And then I just felt this urge to get down on my knees. And I just began to cry my heart out to the Lord. I says, I didn't even know what to say. I didn't even know if God was even interested in even hearing what I had to say, you know, because I had so much guilt. I had been such a wicked and, and vile person. And all by my bunk, I began to just pray to the Lord and say, God, I'm so sorry for the life I lived. I'm so sorry for all these things that happened. Lord, I, I, I can't live like this anymore. I can't live. I'm, I'm so frustrated, Lord. I've, I ruined everything. I ruined my life. I ruined other lives. I, I just cried out, you know, God, have mercy on me. Lord, please have mercy on me. If you're up there and, and you want to hear me, you know, just please listen to what I have to say. And I just poured out my heart to God that night, you know, quietly. When I got up off my knees, it's like something lifted. I just felt, I just felt different. I just felt a sense of, of relief, a sense of peace. And even though I didn't understand that, I knew that somehow God hurt me. And I know that many uh, have heard my testimony. Many have come to trust in the Lord because of what has happened in my life and what I've been able to share. I came out of the dungeon of sin. And uh, it's like God has, has put hope in my mouth, put love. I want to reach out to people with the gospel. And if anything, these three scriptures encapsulate where my life came from, from beginning to end. And I'm just so thankful to be able to share that. And I hope many people through my story would come to faith in Christ, would, let, would see that there's hope in God, that you don't have to throw your life away. Um, I just hope that many people will be blessed by what I have to share, even though there are many that are angry with what I share because they don't believe I'm a Christian or they have you know, things against me. I, I can understand that. but. I'm thankful for the ones that, that are able to see Christ in my life and, and are able to come to the Lord. And uh, I'm just thankful to be alive and to share. So what do you think? Well, it sounds to me like David's life has changed. Um, I, 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 I can relate to him uh, about that feeling of lifting like a burden was lifted off of me uh that's how i felt when i cried myself to sleep and said god i give up i can't do this anymore you need to take over forgive me for my sins help me lord and next morning it was like the whole world was new there was a burden lifted off of me i received a joy that i had never experienced before in all the things that i was involved with but uh it looks to me that uh, David's life has changed. Now, uh, I tried to find an interview uh, that Focus on the Family had put on around, I don't know, 2009, 2010. And I thought I had recorded it and put it on CDs. I looked for it. I couldn't find it. But it was a three-part interview uh, with David and the prison guard that the prison guard said when he first met David, 
he called him David Berserkowitz due to his erratic behavior. He would go crazy, throw things around. He was totally out of control. But um, he noticed the change in David into the Christian man he is now. And that guard wound up coming to Christ. I thought that was really a phenomenal testimony. Now, when I first heard this series, I was in tears, knowing that this serial killer was a new creature in Christ. Now, I know you're going to tell me that other mainline serial killers stated that they professed their conversion, and that may be true. Perhaps they didn't have the time that David has uh, to develop into the example of Christ because a lot of them were executed. That yeah, could be. But it is so refreshing to see a man that has done all of this evil. All right, he killed seven people. If you want the whole, uh, watch his whole um, testimony uh, on that CBN interview, I put the link in the description. Also, uh, there's, uh, um, let me just go over the screen too for a moment. Yeah, ariseandshine.org. This is David's website. Now, he doesn't get a dime from anything he produces. He gets books out. He's got, uh, uh, you can get tracks and stuff like that. But they have his testimony here, and you can get it in different languages if you feel more comfortable with it. Um, he talks about the uh, rapture, uh, the things that are coming up, interviews with him. You can go to these and all kinds of video interviews you could watch there. And I would uh, recommend you go there and, and check it out. Um, but it is, it, again, it is refreshing to see this man. It's turned his life around. He lived all of this evil, Satan worship. Um, you know, he, he expected to be killed because of the people he was involved with. And uh, God has changed his life. And uh, I, I'm reminded of a time that when I was in Bible college, and as a married man, married man, I was asked to go get involved in the prison ministry in Bridgewater State Prison in Massachusetts, and I, we were sent to the treatment center. Now, the treatment center housed rapists and child abusers, so and they had to be kept separate from the gen pop due to a twisted moral stance. Even among prisoners, those crimes were considered not good, and uh, those crimes were... Um, um, uh, and given a chance because they would kill these guys in the treatment center if they ever had the opportunity. And uh, while there, I met a man named Frank. And I've never forgotten Frank. Now, most of the prisoners that we met, a lot of them, would pretend to have accepted Jesus in hopes that they would lessen their sentence. They knew the, they knew the, uh, the um, Christianese, things to say. But Frank was different. You could tell by his testimony and uh, the, his demeanor that this man was changed. I, I didn't ask him what he did to be in there, but one day he volunteered and told me that he had 23 life sentences. 23! Now, which I had verified later with a chaplain and, and other people, yeah. And he said to me, Sal, you name it, I did it. Now, he, he had accepted Christ while in prison, and it had changed his life. He, much like David, led Bible studies and witnessed to the men there. He was the first prisoner in the history of that facility 
that allowed that they allowed under guard, of course, to go to a local church to be baptized. He said to me that he would like to get out one day and, and, and preach, but if not, he would stay in prison and be a witness to those in there. Now, the last I heard of Frank, because this was back in the early 80s, um, the last I heard of him, he was given privileges to walk out the front door of the prison, unescorted, to work in the gift shop that was out in front of the prison. Now, I, I don't know whatever happened to Frank. You know, I'm guessing he's with the Lord by now. Because he was, he was an older gentleman when I met him, and again, that was back in the early 80s. But uh, let's get back to David. So Berkowitz is entitled to a parole hearing every two years as mandated by state law, though he consistently refused to ask for his release, sometimes skipping the hearings altogether. Before his parole hearing in 2002, Berkowitz sent a letter to then New York Governor George Pataki requesting that it be canceled. He wrote, quote, in all honesty, I believe that I deserve to be in prison for the rest of my life. I have, with God's help, long ago come to terms with, terms with my situation, and I have accepted my punishment, unquote. Officials at the Sullivan facility rejected his request. At 2016, hearing at uh, uh, Shawanagunk, New York, Berkowitz stated that while people were uh, that while parole was unrealistic, he felt he had improved himself behind bars, adding, quote, I feel I am no risk whatsoever, unquote. His lawyer, Mark Heller, noted that the prison staff considered Berkowitz to be a model prisoner. Now, the commissioners denied a parole uh, back then, and his next parole hearing is scheduled for May of 2024. And here is a picture of David today. Now, I'll start looking in the news in May to see if anything happened with his parole. No matter what, I'm praying for David, that the Lord will continue to keep him and use him for his gospel. Um, I would recommend you pray for him as well. Now, you may ask, how can a serial killer like that be redeemed? It's not fair. I don't even step on a bug, and you're telling me I might go to hell? No, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you, you will go to hell if you do not accept the work that Christ did on the cross. It doesn't matter what you have done in your past. God is going to judge you on what you did with Jesus' work on the cross. You must believe that he took the punishment for you so that in believing in him, you can have eternal life. Turn to him now and ask him to forgive him, forgive you. And you too can have eternal life with him. It's your time. It's your time. You didn't tune into this podcast by accident. You didn't tune into it um, and, 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 and just happen to be uh, oh something interesting about Sam, son of Sam. You may have memories of him. But I'm telling you, this man has changed. And Christ can do it for you too. You may not be a serial killer. But, you know, have you ever, you may say I've never killed anybody, but have you ever had hatred in your heart towards somebody? Jesus said if you hate someone, that you are in danger of hellfire. Jesus said a lot of things like that. You, say, you know, have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Well, Jesus said that if you, uh, if you look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. 
And there's two of the Ten Commandments that have been violated. Have you ever taken the Lord's name? Use it as a cuss word? Yeah. There's another one. Have you ever stolen anything? No matter how small? Yeah. Well, that makes you a thief. So, um, have you ever told a lie? Everybody's hand should go up because we've all told lies. That makes us a lying, thieving, adulterous, blasphemer at heart. Listen, God. if God judged you by the Ten Commandments, you'd fall short. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans that we've all fall short of the glory of God. There's no, there's no one righteous, rather, in Romans. There's none righteous, no, not one. Listen, this could be your time right now. Now, when David was talking about at the end of that testimony, he was mentioning... Uh, three verses that meant a lot to him and the fact the the title of that thing was uh, my favorite bible verse and it's in psalm chapter 40 and i'm going to read this to you uh, verses one through three i waited patiently for the lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry he also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear, and will trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord today. He did a phenomenal work for you on the cross, because he cares for you, and he loves you. Give your life to him today. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email me, the truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. And I have to tell you, I really enjoy hearing from you guys. So if you leave a comment down below, and don't forget to uh, hit that like button, that uh, that's very important that we get uh, further up in the uh, algorithm. I'm not looking for financial gain. If you want to donate to the show, those those are in the uh, those are in the description as well. But I'm here. I want the gospel to get out. I want the truth to be told to every nation, to everyone around, that Jesus Christ is Lord, and he's coming soon. He's coming soon. Remember last week I told you, behold, the bridegroom cometh. All right. Well, God bless you guys, and we will see you next time on The Truth Must Be Told. Take care.